This episode recorded at Rock Money Media in Covina, California. Hey, what's up? Have you been in a car accident and it's not your fault? Or maybe it is your fault. It really doesn't matter. All that matters is you hit up CCLA Motors. CCLA Motors, the best body shop. iCar Gold Certified. I said iCar Gold Certified. They work with all insurance companies, so don't be afraid of the insurance. They will work with their insurance. Also, free 24 our towing so don't be stuck on the road they got you they'll pick you up and take you to their body shop free 24-hour towing located in san gabriel valley la area inland empire in orange county 14340 arrow highway Baldwin park california remember you get in a car accident hit up cc la motors Want to get your arm and leg tatted, but don't want to pay your arm and leg to get tatted? Hit it, Pook's Tattoo. Instagram, Pookie did that. Located in Colton, California. Black and great realism. Get a portrait of your loved one and don't pay an arm and a leg for it. Text him, 562-581-0437. 562-581-0437. Five six two five eight one zero four three seven. Deposit required. With the tattoo industry getting bigger and bigger, tattoo artists getting busier and busier, you have no time to go shopping for your tattoo needs. Hit up higher level tattoo supply. And if you got a storefront, they got a mobile van that will go to your location. Sales in Phoenix, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, and Apostle, Texas. And if you're not in a location, no worries. They will ship it out to you. Go to HL tattoosupply.com hltattoosupply.com and they will get out to you that week in a couple of days they have the best and I mean best tattoo cartridges needles ink chairs you name it they got it hit up higher level tattoo supply company follow my instagram higher level underscore tattoo supply Ride your bicycle up and down. Follow, follow, follow the jingle bell sound. Pedal, pedal, pedal as fast as you can. You can't catch me on the, the ice cream, cream man. man. Guys, no need to go chasing an ice cream man. When you go to Claremont or San Dimas and go to Cold Stone Ice Cream, they're not only famous for their amazing ice cream that they make right in front of you, but they specialize in birthday cakes, cake ice cream. Who doesn't love that with the waffle cones? Go to San Dimas and Claremont, Google Cone Stone Ice Cream. It's good for a hot day, cold day, any day. Let's go Cold Stone. Man. And my song goes toodle bop 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 toodle. Toodle bop 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 toodle. This episode is brought to you by Apish, premium cannabis brand. Follow them on Instagram at apish underscore OG. Website www.apish.com. Let's go ape shit. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 189. Episode 189. Today's episode. It's pretty deep. I know last week was really intense with Dahlia coming on here. And with Dahlia, that was not planned at all. She was over for the weekend. She was going home Monday morning. I actually want to go to the studio and do a podcast. 
She said yes, but we still didn't know what we were going to talk about. So last week's episode, uh, I believe it was God's plan. And um, God wanted her to tell her story. A lot of people, Dahlia is very closed book. Even her friends at the salon, they didn't know what was going on in her life. And they were very surprised. A lot of people in her family were very surprised about what she was going through the last few months. Um, we'll get more into that on another on another um, episode. But this episode, we got Ruben. I interviewed, this is a pre-recorded one, Ruben Palamares. Those of you that seen the movie Training Day with Denzel Washington. Training Day was based on a true story somewhat, except at the end, Alonzo doesn't die in real life. When I interviewed this interview with Ruben Palamares, um, it was intense. His story is mind-blowing. Rampart Division. Crash unit. This guy went from being a good cop, crooked cop, to a prisoner for 18 years, guys. This guy just did 18 years. So he comes on this um this episode and tells his story. Paints the picture pretty well. And at the end of the story, we know God is good. God is a savior once again. He works in everybody's lives. No matter what your job, your career, what industry you're in, he could save you. So go ahead and listen to this podcast, this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. I really do enjoy these real people, real stories. Rocky Nash. Enjoy the show. Standing in your ruins Feels a lot like the end So used to losing You're afraid to try again Right now all you see are ashes Where there was a flame Truth is that you're not forgotten Cause grace knows your name Uh, we got Ruben Palomares. Did I say it correctly? I'm yeah. not really good with the... Um, Palomares is right. Palomares? Mm-hmm. I sound like I had an accent. I can know Spanish sometimes. Like, yeah. Ruben, Ruben Palomares. And um, <laughs> I want to get him more talking. Those that you don't know, he was on uh, Rampart Division, oh, right? Crash. Um, crash. So Crash's gang unit. Yeah. And a lot of us seen... I don't want to say it's based on it. It's not based on it. But um, we all seen the movie Training Day. And we've seen what Alonzo was up to and that kind of thing. And um, can we say you were more like Alonzo in real life? Yeah. On steroids. On steroids? So even worse than Alonzo? Yeah. Oh, man. King Kong got nothing to do with this man. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I did, I, 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 obviously, I did my homework on you. And um, you were vicious, bro. Like, um, I grew up in, um, in, in gangs in um, Fontana me and my brothers and over there it's not called crash it's called smash yeah and um to me smash smash is a gang unit in san Bernardino county those that don't know and they were a gang itself i'm talking about if you're getting if we're getting put over by smash we're getting our ass beat that's just mandatory this is before this is 90s there's no phones out with cameras right. uh, i remember they choked my brother out in a parking lot just for fun kind of deal um, radar passed so many times. This is the whole thing. Common practice. It common just, thing, yeah. yeah, I felt like it was, um, it was um, gang units or gangs itself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. But I do want to get into your story. I know you were um, a boxer growing up as a, as a kid, and then your trainer also was a, um, a police officer. So he was somewhat your role model, somewhat. And you end up being a police officer, end up going to Rampart Division. And did you start off just being like a crooked cop or did that just little by little you seen so much things in the streets where you're like, you know what, I mean, I, I, you kind of, you kind of, were you good at one time as a cop? Yeah, it was good. It was, it was uh, little by little though. It, I never initiated, my, my plans were never to become a crooked cop. I never even thought about even doing anything twisted. I was just like, hey, I'm going to go get on the job, be a mentor because I grew up in Huntington Park in Boyle Heights. Where I grew up was Florencia, and then I grew up in Boyle Heights with all the, with Hazard, Primera Flats, all the mm-hmm. neighborhoods, Third Street, 
So I grew up in that environment since I was a little kid. And <clears throat> my trainers were from Aliso Pico. They grew up in Aliso Pico, uh, Memo Ariola, um, Adrian Ariola, mm-hmm. Jose Ariola. And then El Stanko was their trainer. But so he, they became my, my mentor, role models, and the guys I learned boxing from. <clears throat> Paul Gonzalez, who won the 1984 Olympics. Oh, wow. Gomero. So I sparred with all those guys growing up. I sparred with De La Jolla, But <clears throat> I saw Stanky, how he looked out for all of us as, as a trainer slash <clears throat> cop. Yeah. So I said, man, I want to be a role model too, work with these kids and, and grow up, help kids out here. That was my initial plan. Of course. <clears throat> when I got hired, <clears throat> excuse me, I got into, out, out of the academy and they sent me to South Central for like six months or five. <clears throat> While I'm in there, they say, hey, um, we want to see if you want to try out this undercover unit, which mm-hmm. is uh, like uh, 21 Jump Street. So I got out of the, the patrol and I went to the undercover unit, which is you go back to high school. I'm 23. I learned the, the street stuff and yeah. the slang, everything. I go back to high school like a student and I'm I'm buying drugs in school, finding out who's selling dope, I'm sell, who's selling them dope, or who's hooking them up. So and like my, an undercover kind of? It's undercover work, yeah. That's where everything started for me, undercover work. So now you're an actor and you got to fit this role as an undercover cop and you got to you, you gotta take care of yourself, watch your back. And one of those scenarios, um, I was trying to set up some, uh, a deal with the kid who's going to sell me PCP. Um, we had no cell phones back then, it's all pagers. Yeah. It's in the 90s. Mm-hmm. The kid pages me during like the night. I, I go to payphone, call him. While I'm on the payphone, this is where my career started changing. I got into a shootout with two different, uh, two other gang members tried to rob me at gunpoint. While I'm at the phone, they, they hit me, they, they uh, catch me off guard, put a gun to my stomach. And, and you were in civilian clothes? Oh, in civilian clothes, Got yeah. you. So I'm trying to make a phone call on the payphone to set up this bite. These guys just, out of the blue, they they saw me on the phone. They, they're driving, they pull over. They turn the corner, pull out, pull over and get off, and, and they walk up on me and, now they, now they got me off guard. They got a gun on me, and now they're searching through my pockets. I have my Beretta back here and my badge and my police ID and my wallet. So my goal is not to let them ca- find that. So I'm trying to distract yeah. them. <clears throat> the one guy's telling me, give me your, your uh, wallet. I'm going to kill you. And I said, I don't have a wallet. So the other guy's over here trying to go through my pockets. I'm, I'm still holding the phone this with this hand. At one point, I end up hitting the guy in the face and gi- grabbing the guy's gun. We turn. I try, I try to try take, take the guy's gun away from him. He falls to the ground. I go with him. And I try to point a gun to his face, but the guy's still fighting with it, and his friend's kicking me. So I'm blocking kicks and trying to grab the guy's gun. So yeah. at this point, he pulls the gun away, points it towards me. I grab his friend's kick, throw him over, I get up to go for my gun. He starts shooting, and shit hits my legs. I turn around, shoot him, and, and I chase him and shoot him. They they run. Somebody picks him up, takes him to the hospital. I go call 911. I'm still, like, fired up because the adrenaline is still yeah. pumping. I don't feel nothing on my legs. I'm just pissed off. The ambulance shows up, fire department shows up, police department shows up. They take me to the hospital. I'm treated. What happened to me then, that's where everything changed for me. I grew up in a violent environment already. Yeah. That triggered more violent in me. That triggered a lot more of the, I'm pissed off. It was always there. It was always there because I grew up in a, in, a, in a broken home with a brothers and sister with a stepfather who's had an alcohol, a drinking problem mm-hmm. and he used to toughen me up by beating me. Yeah. So to me, that was normal. To get beat up by, by him was to toughen me up. I took that as, as, a, as a test, like manhood stuff, you know, and I didn't see yeah. it in anything else. It was making me tougher. I could take his beatings. But I hated bullies because of that. Gotcha. So when that happened, um, it just triggered more more the anger and more the violence. And I still was kind of cool, but the department, um, when I went through therapy, um, physical therapy, oh. the department sent me back to work undercover with the fresh bullet wounds. Uh, all they cared about was when we go, go make the arrest. That's why I started resenting the department. I still wasn't twisted yet, I, but I already had a lot of thoughts in my head. I was having nightmares and flashbacks because of the first shootout. The sea was planted, though. The sea was planted. And the department made me, I, I felt like the department didn't care about uh, officers. All they care about is the numbers. And you're a number, but get the arrest because all we care about numbers, numbers. Is that true? I heard about that, like, as far as, like, not citations, but even with the DA, the more years you give somebody, like, the the resume gets higher, like, and all that. Yeah, that I don't really know. I just know that some people that get certain arrests, they they do look, it looks looks good on the resume. Gotcha. A big bus. Big bus looks good on the resume. Like, people that, when I got arrested, it looked good on the resume. The prosecutor (laughs) and the FBI guys that, that, that. The, the DA they, made, they got promoted and especially because 
I finally pled guilty after two years, but we'll get yeah. into that after. Mm -hmm. But point is, um, I saw that with my own eyes on the right on, off the bat. <clears throat> so I said, you know what, this, these people are jackasses. But I didn't do anything about it then. I just kept holding it in. Talking about the department, right? The department, yeah. Gotcha. So after I finished that unit, I did one more undercover unit, and I went back and I told me, hey, I want to go back to patrol. Send me to Rampart. Because I wanted to go to SWAT. That was my goal, go to SWAT. And I thought, you got to work all these hard charger divisions where there's a lot of action yeah. to get in. So you were in South Central, and then you went to Rampart. Rampart. So you never did like a cool little city, Ranch Cucamonga or anything like that. I'm, I'm an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Anyways, I, I couldn't I'd probably survive right there. Do cops see other cops like, oh, you're a Hollenbeck, or you're a Rampart, you're South Central, so you get more of a... Respect? Or yeah, it's respect. Like you're, in, you're in your stripes, like yeah. like like a, like the, in the gang structure. Mm -hmm. Same thing. All those guys, they're not, uh, they're not street savvy. They, they don't have what we have. You know, like they're up here, elite or down here. It takes a different breed to patrol those yeah. different sections, right? They want to have that gunfighter mentality. Yeah, they want to shoot up. You feel yeah, like? They, they yeah, they look for the shootouts. You're hoping you have a shootout. <clears throat> like that's insane, bro. Yeah. But it is what it is. It is what it is. It's a world that we live in. And it's so wild. that so the seat was panning right there, kind of. You guys jumped on the phone by some two dudes, and then. You don't like the way the department handled it, pretty much. Yeah. And now, now you're just a cop with a chip on his shoulder, almost, right? Okay, I get a um, a medal of valor for that shootout because they got arrested at the hospital and they got time because they got shot too. So they, I shot him. Okay. So, so he got arrested in the hospital. So then I got a medal of valor for that. But to me, I'm like, also oh, you got you got a um, an award, a award for shooting somebody. Well, for yeah, for surviving that shootout. To them, I, I survived the shootout yeah. and stopped. These guys are robbing people left and right in that area. They, so if the department is um, rewarding cops for shooting people, or you say shootout or whatever it is, then wouldn't you want to get in a shootout to get that award? Not all the time are you going to get it. Oh, you're not all the time. Something you're going to get in trouble. So if it's not <laughs> yeah. justifiable, yeah, yeah. you're going to get busted. If Got it's a you. legitimate shootout, like, like that was a legitimate, like there was a guy that was a, a cop at a gas station. Some two guys started robbing, shot it out. For them, it's tactical training. He survived it. Now the guy got shot. He gets like a medal because he stopped these these robbery suspects, and the department gives him a, either a medal and they use it for training for other officers. Oh wow! So it's it's training for yeah. people's mistakes. I actually had um, Officer Tillman on this podcast before. I, I know you know Brett Tillman. <clears throat> yeah. He's a good dude. Went golfing with the guy. Um, I liked his YouTube podcast and his thoughts because he's not really biased. Like if a cop messes up, he's gonna say oh, this is what he did wrong. And right. I don't know if he's a cop anymore, maybe part time, but I know he just mostly just these big old these these big old things he does. Um, yeah, no, but you're, there's a lot of stuff that there, people don't know that does happen in the department. And I'm, I want the balance, but I also want to give there's there's two things, two sides to the, the community, the victims, the cops, and the ones that are out there preying on the on the weak and innocent. So you have you. you have all sides to it. And that's why you say you don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. So the there's, there could be bully cops that I don't I wouldn't I can't stand. And then it could be bully gangsters. Do you see that in the department, bully cops? Yeah, you're going to see that. You do see that. You do see that. And you see gangbangers that are bullies too against innocent people. Yeah. And then you see the gangbangers that are actually trying to do their, their, their gangbang for their, their their cause, whatever they're for, it's for, but it's not uh, against innocent victims out gotcha. there. Gotcha. They signed up for something. They're going after their enemies or they're doing what they're doing. They're making their money. They're hustle, but they're not out there taking advantage of the innocent people that have, they go to work. Taxing hard taxi, workers. Hard workers. Paleteros. Mm-hmm. And Lotero, you know, they're, they're jacking, extorting. You it. have all that. I see all that. So so you, either you protect those people from the So bullet. you were against that pretty much. I was against it, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I would, st I would stop a cop too if I didn't agree with something. So I wasn't into like favoritism. I was me. Yeah. But when I got ticked off at the department, so I went to Rampart. And while I'm in Rampart, um, I'm working patrol because I'm still a rookie. I'm, I mean, I just. You're in the blues, right? Yeah, I'm in the uniform and working patrol. The more they start recognizing me, the unit, the gang unit, they, they, the sergeants hit me up and say, hey, they, they voted voted me in to go to crash. So it's 22 officers in crash. And pretty much it's, it's a, supposed to be a secret it's elite. A, it's unit, elite. Elite. Yeah. You train with SWAT all the time. You train tactics. You train gang enforcement. Did you ask for to be in that unit? I never asked. Not, I wasn't, you got you to be asked to be in it then pretty yeah. much. Got you. They vote, they vote you in. So I get voted in, and, and uh, you have a choice. You have a choice. I could have said no. Okay. <clears throat> the first time they hit me up, I said no because I had my own martial arts gym already. I had a, a boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu gym in '96. Yeah. 
So I'm like, hey, you know, Sarge, I, I told the Sarge that I was having a relationship problem with my wife, my my ex, and my kids, right? Just so I wouldn't, I wouldn't start right. I wasn't ready. I was working 312s. So I was okay. like, man, this is a good schedule. I'm running my gym. Yeah. So forget it. So I let I let three, four months go by. I think they got rid of 312, and then they brought me back. To, then I said, you know what? I'll go to crash now. <laughs> What did, uh, what do you think they seen in you to to ask you to be in that? Like, what were you doing now so different from other cops that you got asked to be in a crash? Maybe because I was tested and broken right through my first shootout, and that gave him a little insight that I could, t- I could take your business in the, in the heat of the battle. I'm not gonna buckle. Yeah. And that to them is, is something that not everybody has. You can't tell what you have until you're in the, in the fight. Some people freeze. A lot of people talk a lot, and you yeah. know they may, may show something, but they, when they went some real. Sh- scenario they're gonna they're, you're gonna see what what they're really made of yeah they're the same there's um everybody's a gangster till it's time to do gangster shit exactly you know? and that's what a lot of these even a lot of cops don't have it like that they just talk they walk mm-hmm. same thing with the neighborhoods it seemed because i was I, I was a cop i seen people flip and roll on their homeboys when i was a cop oh, i'm pretty sure you've seen that a lot i've seen a lot i've yeah. seen the hardest people. foods right they, they, they everybody flips but i also seen in my case people flip on, on, on me they were supposed to be tough guys so i mean you, you realize that not everybody's a tough guy yeah, that's that could be from a department or from a gang. From People anyway. flip, no matter yeah. what. So you're in, you're in crash now. I mean crash, and um, crash is straight gang unit, right? You're going, you're, you're targeting gangs. All gangs, and in Rampart, eight, eight miles is like hundreds of gangs. Oh, and I already know. In that the nineties, yeah, it was pure wars. Yeah, war. 18th Street and MS was they're going to war. It was cowboys and Indians. Cowboys and Indians days. every day. Yep. So here you have, I'm assigned to MS-13. My job, right when I get to the, the unit, I get I get assigned under this guy who's been working crash for five years, veteran who's assigned to MS-13 in those five years. So when I join in, I'm under I'm with working with him. So our job is to go after MS-13. So you see a lot of the victims, you talk to all the victims about just exactly what they've been through. Them, they rape my daughter, uh, they rob us, they rob us, but we, we're scared, we don't wanna press charges. So in, in our minds, I mean, the way I saw things was like, this is vigilante justice, uh, mm-hmm. police vigilante justice. So the guy just robbed three families, but every single one of them is not going to fr- press charges because they're intimidated. So he, I find the guy and I just put the dope on him and then just book him. So you will plant dope on him? Yeah. And then that's and how, Was that normal for you guys to be doing that? It was normal practice, yeah. And nobody ever questioned you? Nobody ever questioned it, no. Okay. Back then it was stuff that happened normal, but... We just thought it was normal. Yeah, and you, you guys probably had like a, a extra gun laying around to plant and all that kind of like. Yeah, everything that you could watch think movies, of, yeah. you know it's going to be there. Yeah, so that's how you say like it's Alonzo bought on steroids. Um, you started you started doing search warrants without really warrants or you had warrants? Well, no, what, what happened was um, in 98, I think, I got to another shootout. Mm-hmm. This guy pulled out a shotgun on me and I ended up shooting. He ended up staying. So... That's when I was working at Unit FES, which is training day. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happened, I was already there for six months. They moved me back to Crash. I was in Crash. They loaned me out to this unit for six months. I'm doing a lot of uh, narcotics informants. Just like the movie. Everything that you saw, uh, you get informants. You mm-hmm. get con- complaints from neighbors. that Hey, there's drugs in this house. Yeah. So we go hit the houses. It was pretty much all legit at first. But I'm picking up these things, right? I'm learning the, I'm learning the trade as a professional. Now, when I get to that shootout, I go back to crash, and then during that time, Perez snitches on everybody. Remember that Rafael Perez guy? Mm-hmm. So he ends up getting busted for something which had to do with his own problem. He ended up stealing cocaine from the locker room, and then he, uh, he returned it, but it was flour, and whatever cocaine was out, he sold it, and people, his workers were, were cooking rock and, and selling it. And this, this is a, a cop? Rafael Perez, yeah. Jeez. Google him. <laughs> yeah. I was, he'll be right there. So yeah. he ends up telling on us. So we're all thinking, you know, the guy's going to take it to the box and, and go to trial and do whatever he has to do. That's his problem. He takes it to the box once, and uh, he, he gets a hung jury. So we're thinking he's going to keep going and fight it again. Next thing you know, it just it's all out in the news. Red Park crash scandal. Big. Big. And he's Huge. talking, talking, talking. So remember, if you're a, a gang and, and yeah. you have your 18th street or any neighborhood, Florencia, and one of your shot caller homeboys snitches all your people and you guys were all working together and solid yeah supposedly. It's, it's gonna happen you didn't get told and look that. boom everybody's gonna get it's gonna be a big conspiracy so that's what happened in our case and then he tried to say stuff about me that wasn't true but me because I was already holding a lot of anger towards everybody in the department I said I don't be a cop no more you know F everybody so the 
my informants would always tell me, hey, you know, these guys make a million dollars a week or a month extorting or moving mota. And it's like, yeah, la chingada, I'm going to jack these dudes. Yeah. So I made a, made a phone call and I, I met with one of my buddies. And I said, hey, um, put me on jale. I said, put, put a job for me. What do you mean? I, you know what I mean. I, I need to, I'm going to send me out on a, on, a, on a mission to pick up a, a big debt. It has to be worth the, the risk. I said, I'm going I'm to um, hook up some guys and then I'm going to go work and jack these dudes. So he calls me and we meet and um, he tells me I got a house. There's a, they dropped off some, some dope and some money mm. and I go, okay, so he gave me the address. And during that time, I was already met the whole department and uh, I mean, I'm the kind of guy back then, I don't forgive nobody and I blame everybody. Instead of owning up to my stuff, yeah. I see everybody's issues, not mine. I don't got no issues in my head back then, right? I'm like, it's not me. Half these people. I'm not looking at my behavior, my actions, my... Yeah. My justification. I'm not seeing my sin. I'm not seeing none of that. I'm just seeing what everybody else is doing. And I'm saying... Playing the victim the whole time? Playing the angry... I would say that... Not the victim, but the angry accuser of everybody, except me, you know? Yeah. Because in my head, I was like vindictive. I don't know how to forgive. So it was not like I was a victim. or more like, me vale madre, I'm going to get you. It's, I'm always going to get you. Mm -hmm. For whatever you did, I'm going to get you. Even if it's a small thing, I'm going to get you. So yeah. I, I never know, knew about forgiveness. So my sergeant, my captain, they pissed me off. So I'm going to get the pack. I'm going to get the captain. I'm going to get this guy. So the captain, I took his, his car, his, his shop, and he drove it to hit that house. So I made copies of all the keys in, in the cars in the academy. You took your, your captain's car to go do that? Yeah. To go do that job? So what I did is all the, cop, the keys that were um, for all the cop cars in the academy, mm -hmm. I made copies of all the keys because I was working there. Secretly? Secretly. Yeah. So I was planning my mission, right? So I took the captain, the lieutenants, <laughs> and I would take yeah. the cars. But I, it was like a slap in the face. So I mock them. Yeah. So I went to hit my first house. You're a criminal in the department, in bro. Every depart in every, Jesus, in every that your mind thoughts. I was freaking, twisted. Yeah, hundred percent, completely gone. Yeah. So, and I go to this place. I hit this house with a few of my partners, and we get. And there are there are cops as well, right? Yeah, a couple of cops are pissed off at the department too, and we're like, you know, let's get these people. Yeah. So I got it, and then I got my cousin who's in the army for twelve years. So I use him as my lookout. I had everybody. Set up like yeah, like team organized. like team, training day. Team, yeah, the whole yeah. team. Everybody like a team. So we hit this house. We get close to a million dollars cash and like fifteen keys. Wow. So we come up, and that becomes an addiction too because it's free and nobody's gonna complain. So I pay my workers, and then from there I just started hitting. Did hitting you go them. in with a, a fake search warrant? Did you go as a, as a cop, or as, you just went you know, as a civilian? As a cop, I hit as the house. Cop. I wouldn't even have a warrant. I would just get in there, say, "I'm gonna." I just no car complaint. Boom, hit the house and get in. It just Jeez. it was the main informant would give me all the details so I knew that I was going to hit the house and there's yeah. going to be stuff. So I told me, it better be worth my risk, bro. If I'm, I'm risking, I don't, I'm not I'm afraid to go down. I'm not afraid to shoot. I'm not afraid to go to prison, but, but it better be worth it. Mm -hmm. or, or we're going to have problems. So that house, we hit it and then it just became an addiction. So from that one, we hit another one. We got like 500 pounds of expensive weed and then we just kept coming up, building. And I was just paying and, and building my little group. But I had made it to where we were all solid, supposedly, right? I have my own game plan, mm -hmm. solid. That's how we do because I'm a cop. I know how they think. So as long as we do this, we're going to be fine. Yeah. But we're still doing stuff. We're hitting houses. We're, how many houses do you think you hit like that? And the news says uh, like 50 or so. That's a lot. That's a lot of houses. Yeah. I was hitting houses left and right. And I was getting my informant from everywhere. And, and the cosa with this stuff is people from the different uh, groups from Mexico, they they sell each other out to me and they'll, they'll, they'll come and give information on their own compadres with a yeah. ton of weed. Yeah, my compadre, he has a ton of weed, come and hit him. So I'll gear up, hit the house, take the weed, give him 300 pounds and then keep the rest and move the rest. Jeez. So I became like a heavy dope dealer. I was moving coke, weed, heroin, whatever. I came up, I sold it. And I had people selling it. And you already had buyers for it, right? I had buyers everywhere, yeah. I had my people working working for me everywhere and moving it. When you get this, when you get this juice, People want a dirty cop button working with them. I'm my own boss, but the is same that a thing? Like during that time in the yeah. '90s, it was it was it was for them. It's like man, they can you get a pass. They get a pass. They get a big favor too for them. You know, mm -hmm. if I get this dope, they tell it on somebody they don't like. I'll hit that house, get 50 keys or 100 keys. I'm giving them three free keys for them, and I'm keeping the rest. But three free keys for them is a lot. Yeah, that's uh, could be 35, 40 grand, 50. Depending on how they move it, they're making money. Yeah. So I got into I got addicted, and all this is going on, and my cousin starts doing stuff on the side, and uh, him, him and his friend, they go meet somebody in San Diego. They're partying in a yacht with San Diego, some 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 so-called cartels from Colombia, and mm -hmm. 
But they don't realize that something more more than that. So they asked me one night if they could lend them a hundred grand. And you had a hundred grand, hundred grand laying around like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, easy money back then. That was nothing. Nothing. Jeez. So I said, well, I said, well, how much? When are you getting back to me? But tomorrow we should have the ten keys sold. Well, you better get back to me with interest or, or nothing. Yeah. So you know, business. Of course, you gotta business. be hard. Back then, I was hard. I'm, I'm a softy now. <laughs> Dude, you sound fucking. I, I'm saved, man. Yeah, I, I don't talk like you're that. You're Alonzo on steroids for sure, bro. I'm, I'm, Jesus. I'm saved, but but back then it was a different language. You know, mm-hmm. you spoke different. You got to sound different. You you might not look that. Look that That's that, why it's called like born again, man. Yeah, born again. I'm, I'm born again. I'm thankful to Jesus for that. But back then it was a different world. I was mindset. No, was, no conscience. No conscience, and I was suicidal. Like basically. Not to kill myself, but so my just behavior was destructive. I'm I'm all out. You're risking it all. I'm, I don't care about that. And and I and I've been in shootouts, so I've been shot. I'm not afraid to get killed. I wasn't afraid to shoot somebody. And, and it was like normal for me to grab somebody, slap them around. You do the normal thing that you're supposed to do when you want to get somebody to break. Where's the dope? Yeah. Where's the, where's the money? Come on. And you have to use some tactics, right? And it wouldn't phase me. And um, these guys are being set up by the DAs in San Diego. They invite me to meet the connection because the guy wants me to train his people on some tactics. And I wasn't going to go because I wasn't in need of that stuff. I just had a house a week ago for 50 keys. So I had bank and I was moving. So I didn't need their help. And I was waiting for some more big, big, big moves. So I don't need to go with these dudes. But my cousin had pissed me off. So I wanted to do a, like, a, like a chapulín on him. Uh-huh. I met him. <laughs> so I avoid my pride. My pride got in the way. So I go down there and I meet the guy and I take off. Well, it was a sting operation against them, a DA sting operation against my cousin and his friend. And I got caught in the conspiracy. And that's when I got busted that day. That day, I get put to, to uh, in San Diego. They get separate from me. Little did I know that all four of those guys were already telling on me, on my stuff, what I was doing. Yeah. So no longer was it just 10 keys. Now it's my conspiracy. With but all. you knew they were going to tell you, right? Or you didn't know that? I didn't. Want to believe that because I thought they were solid. Okay, you've seen it so many times already. Yeah, but I thought these guys didn't. I thought these guys sound and yeah. they're on my side. They might keep their their mouth shut. I thought. Yeah. You know, I, I wish for thinking. So little did I know they're already snitching on me. So they put me in the shoe for for like the first few days I'm in there, and uh, they have them everywhere else. I'm in the shoe. They're they're in general population MD, M, MDC mm-hmm. MCC, MCC San Diego, and I'm right there in a. For the first month, second month, I'm by myself. The third month, I get a, a, a cellmate. But on my door, they put a sign that says, do not bunk or wreck with anybody. And uh, they put a cellmate in there. And this guy's a ex-Hells Angel cook. He, he cooks for the San, Hells Angel San Diego. He's there for an appeal. Got you. And the thing about this guy is he was he was checking in and he was getting food and somebody punched him by accident. They were supposed to punch that guy and they missed and hit him. So he had blood in his mouth so they put him in the shoe. And he's not even supposed to be in my cell. Aren't you supposed to be in a SNU, SNY yard, kind of? No. No? They didn't. For the feds, they don't have that. They just put you in the general population. Oh, it's feds. Feds. Gotcha. So it's feds because the DEA busted these guys. So that became a federal case. So then um, this guy, him and I start talking, and um, he knows certain people that I knew, so we just started kind of feeling comfortable. I'm just talking a lot of nonsense. I'm pissed off because I'm still angry. I'm, yeah. I'm mad. I'm talking about revenge. I'm talking about... Did you think you were going to get out or are, are you got sentenced? I hadn't been sentenced, but I thought 10 keys... I'll take my lunch for 10 keys. I'm thinking 10 keys only. I'm not thinking they snitching on me yet. You're not thinking the whole... Your, your whole career. Yeah, I'm not thinking about the whole thing. I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. 10 keys. Whatever they give me, 10 keys, 10 years, 15, I'm, I'm down. I'll do it. But when I get out, I'm going to take care of business. Yeah. I'm not already thinking like that. And I'm telling this guy, I don't, I don't care. So he starts... And I tell him I'm gonna go to hell anyway. So what's the point of me doing good? Uh-huh. I'm just going straight hard to hell. So let me just take people with me. And I'm talking nonsense like that. He says, "Wait a minute, you don't have to go to hell." And then he breaks out the, the Bible. You didn't want to see the Bible, did you? It, it wasn't. I wasn't sure. I was just sitting there listening. Yeah, nothing else to do. I was there and I was alone and I was been there for already three months almost. And I was like something to talk about. And he starts pre- breaking out the Bible and starts talking about for God's forgiveness. I didn't know about forgiveness. I wasn't taught forgiveness growing up. I wasn't given to forgiving growing up by my stepdad, so I wasn't. I didn't know how to give it. I only knew that you mess up, you get beat. That's all I knew. No mercy. So when he started talking about forgiveness, that was like the totally different language for me. And I, and then when he says God's still gonna forgive you for what you did if you repent, and I'm thinking that long list of crazy stuff I did. You mean that's he's gonna forgive me for that? Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah. I said, I'll prove it basically. So I said, I'm gonna ask, I'm, I'm, I want to know if it's real, and I want to know the God of the Bible, and I want to know him. Mm-hmm. So I made a prayer like that. 
simple prayer, you know what, I, I really don't want to know about all these religions, because I became like an atheist growing up. I mean, yeah. I was raised Catholic, but it was forced into me when I became a cop. I lost respect to, to everything. I didn't believe in anything. I believe in my 45. Oh, that's, that's, that's your savior. That's my savior. That's, why I, that's what takes your business for me. Mm-hmm. So he starts reading to me, and I, and I did a prayer. I said, you know what, if, it's real, if you're real, I want to know you. I'm not kidding you. Uh, five days later, this guy, they tell they, the CEO goes, hey, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be in the cell. This guy's supposed to be by himself. They move him out. God put him there. God put him in there to preach to me. I believe that. I, I believe 100%. That. Yes. They put him in to preach to me. And I was open. I was I was open and willing because all only God knew how to get to me. And he put a guy that had... Is that crazy, man? Yeah. It was powerful because this guy was ex house angel. I wouldn't respect him. He was just a bookworm or a guy on, on computer fraud. What do you know about mm. my life? What do you know about violence? Yeah. What do you know about craziness? You don't know nothing. But he understood it so he could relate to me. He lived it. He lived it. So we, we got along and, I, and we, he started preaching to me. And then they moved him. So now I'm praying now. I'm saying, okay, now I'm just talking. I'm, I'm, I'm arguing or talking. I'm, I don't know how to pray. I just know how to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to open up completely, but I knew how to express what I'm going through. I said, I want to go to general population. I told God. You don't. You run some. You run it all. I, I want to read the Bible and I want to get to know you better. Any, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm. I'm not sure what to do. Put me in general population, population like a study and fellowship with people. Bam, he puts me in um, in general population. They had told me I wasn't going to go to general population. How do you feel? Do you feel like there's a target on you in, nah, in general? I was. I was. I'm excited. I was like, you're excited. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, you're I'm ready. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to do this. And the lieutenant goes, you better not have any problems. Period. I said, I'm not. I'm going to handle myself. Don't worry about it. But there's homies there, right? Yeah, there is. But I was I, I'm not, I was ready. I don't care. I mean. You still have the attitude where I don't care I if still, I die? Yeah, I don't have to. And you still that. have Chuck because you're a boxer. And well, them, jiu-jitsu, I've been martial yeah. I black boxing martial arts. So I, I know how to do, like, break joints. I was like, man, I just break the neck. I was just already thinking solid. Not only a gun, a knife. I just break the neck. I'm just thinking crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing jiu-jitsu since then for five years before I got arrested. Since 96 to 2000, I was doing the, with the Gracie. So I already know how to joke and break. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that was jingle. But I'm like, I'm going to try not to, though. I'm going to try to be good. Help me because I want to trust you. I want to try not to do anything. To, I don't want to fight nobody. I want to do. I want to preach. I want to learn. I want to. I want to be able to share your scriptures in here. That's what I really meant. I meant well. Like uh, that's what I meant. So and you were sincere. I was sincere. I was real. Cause I, it, it wasn't like a plea. Like, hey, God, if I if you save me, nah. give, only give me five years. None of that. I never did that. I didn't yeah. believe in that. I okay. see you do. You give me what you you know I, I need to get. That's you give good. me what I'm supposed. I'm not, you were negotiating. I'm not negotiating. I'm not into negotiating. I see. I'm a man. I messed up. I, I'm gonna take my look like a man. Owned it. But at the same time. You, you you give me what you know I need. Not the judge, not these people, because they're dirty. They'll give me more time. Mm-hmm. But you give me what you think I need, Father. I'm going to trust you. And I left it alone. I gave it I gave it to him, and that was it. I, I bowed down, and I let it go. And I was happy. I was free. And when I went into the second day, the Sureños um, hit me up. Uh, one of the star cops from Florencia and uh, his two torpedoes. Hey, you got to roll it up. You're, you're a black guy. I go, huh? I'm a criminal. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm a criminal like you guys. Yeah. I said, I ain't, where's the paperwork? I said. And I said, first of all, you got to prove it. Second of all, I'm not going to shoot by myself. I just said it like that. I, said, I'm not, I was already like t- twisted again. I said, huh? We're going to go to the shoot together, guys. I'm sorry. And we're solo. The guy was cool. Well, he he just said, wait a minute. Show me this, show me that, and I will, we'll let you, we'll just stay in the yard. Papeles. But here's how God works. The shot cutter, his homeboy was my friend. His boss was my friend. From Florencia, that's my homeboy. Yeah. Call him up and ask him about me. Talk about timing, bro. He calls them, they left me alone. It's not supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. But I know God allowed it to happen. I'm there for two years preaching and learning the Bible. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit there. Yeah. I started pe- seeing, I got into it, man. I got so deep into scriptures. I started seeing God move in people's lives. But mine first, because I, I wanted myself to be to be better. And then um, I started thinking in my head while I'm in there. I said, you know, when I was a cop, we used to put people away thinking when we make a difference in the street. That ain't true. But now that God's touching me, mm-hmm. if I preach to these guys, they're going to go out better. And they're not going to be traviesos no more. So that's my mission in my head. I started doing Bible studies and inviting people to Bible studies. And I was just preaching to people. And every every I was there two years, and I got moved to the shoe for five years in San Bernardino County Jail. Because okay. my second indictment was already open. By then, I was like, vale, I'm just going to go take, take you know man up and do whatever I have to do. Not not snitch on anybody, but but I I fought them for two years, but then when I pled guilty, it's because I I felt God said you're guilty towards me, you better plead guilty. I pled guilty. I went to a San Bernardino County Jail. They moved me from all my court defense because they thought that was gonna if I I'm around, they thought I was gonna hurt them. Yeah. 
So they put me in the shoe for five years. And the shoe is where I needed to be those five years because I wouldn't have made the yard still because I still was, was snapped a little bit. I thought I was all wholly saved, yeah. but I still had a lot of unresolved issues going on inside me that only God knew. I didn't fully know yet that they were going to manifest. When I went to the shoe, I was in a single cell. There were 13 cells in there. Every cell was occupied by Aryan, Emmett, Nazi, you name it, every, every dude in there. Mm -hmm. And to me, when they're, they're conversing, what made me believe it, made me think they're like my steps, they're like bullies. I went up and I started in, in, in getting fired up, you know? Anger will kick in. And I felt God was saying, you got to face your issues now. Now you can't run. You got to And I'm like, well, how long am I going to be here? I said, you, I told God, look, I'm in here. Obviously, I'm serving you. I want to serve you right and I want to do good. But I can't. I'm jacked up. I got issues. I, I snap. I want to fight. I still want to do some best. I, I don't know how to stop doing that. I don't and I can't. I supernaturally, if you move in and do it, I know you can clean, heal me. Uh, mm -hmm. But other than that, I can't. <clears throat> so I said, well, I'm in here. Why you keep me in here? Please help me see the lesson so I don't go in circles in the wilderness. I don't want to go in the circles over and over. I'm open <clears throat> to receive <clears throat> and, hear, and hear from you because I want to do, I want to, I want to grow. So while I'm in there, I'm going through stuff, but I'm, I'm paying attention to what is he trying to show me about me. Not about anybody else. Mm -hmm. not my, they're not my problem. I'm, I'm my problem. Yeah. So I said, I want to get healed. I want to get delivered. I got desperate. 2004, I got arrested in 2001. Not 2004. I'm going through some heavy duty, like emotional, psychological torment that I want to snap, I want to cuss, I want to tell everybody off. God's breaking you down. He's breaking me down. That's why a lot of people understand where born again comes from. Like, you got to break you down, man. Oh. He'll break you down and, to your knees. To the evil to your side knees, of, man. Yeah. yeah. So then I got this. I had to call some Christian psychologists and Christian uh, pastors that were experts in deliverance. Mm -hmm. They come visit me. And I'm like, I need help. I'm being, like, tormented, and I want to, like, I'm anger's manifesting. A lot of stuff's happening. And the lady, the pastor said, you got PTSD. Well, she named it something else because they didn't have the name PTSD yet. Okay. You have this, what they call traumas from this, from that, and we're going to work on, we're going to pray for you on these areas. But we went we went to the re rooted <clears throat> issues of my childhood issues. <clears throat> like, all the way back there. All the way back. Child abuse, molest, all that stuff that had uh, anger Jesus. inside me. I was storing it all inside from everything. And uh, a lot of hate, 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 hate. Anger. Anger, but hate, violent hate. Like, I'll, I'll just not, not holding back, uh, not having remorse for somebody. I watched a person die that I shot, and it didn't phase me. Mm -hmm. My partner, I said, man, cuff him up. Just relax yourself. I was too cold. <clears throat> and I'm not feeling sorry for my partner either. I'm like, hurry the hell up, man. Yeah. I'm going to cover for you. Load, reload. Come on, put the chamber. I'm gonna call. You get on the radio, you call for backup. I'm being like that, you know. <clears throat> so here I am being broken by God. Just to give me a heart. Yeah, I felt like you didn't have a heart. I didn't have a heart. I wanted a new. I wanted the heart, but I had a, a, a fight inside of the identity. I had to fight with the old guy and the new guy. I had to fight that every day <clears throat> because I'm in there. Somebody says something, I want to snap because mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I'm not gonna put disrespect me. And I grew up like that growing up. Since I was a little kid, my uncle was from uh, Watts. They were from different neighborhoods, so mm -hmm. they they instilled the wrong ideas too of, of manhood. My identity was twisted because I I fought a lot growing up because I was like I grew up. Boxing, so I was uh, karate, 10, 12 years I started boxing. Yeah. <clears throat> and I went like all over the world in boxing, had medals, supposed to go to the Olympics in 92, but I got injured. So I, I was good at it, but I knew that there was more to, to boxing than other arts. I was one of those guys like to study Bruce Lee's life. Gotcha. And <clears throat> now in there, I was thinking, no, I can't use this, I don't want to use this no more. I want to use you, your word. I want to use it to, to bring people to you. Different weapon. Different weapon. Armor of God. Yeah, so <clears throat> it was hardcore because I was fighting the, the two guys, you know, the new guy and the old guy. And five years, he was breaking me. So I finally, uh, 2008, I get sentenced on my second indictment. They gave me 18 years. 18 years? 18 years, <clears throat> which was a blessing to me. That's a blessing? Yeah. Well, compared to things you... Yeah, they done. could give me more, and I know God knows what I deserve from, from if I didn't have his mercy and grace. I, I, don't, I don't come out of prison. Mm. So I was like, thank you, Father. At any time, did you think this, <clears throat> when you going through trial, you're, you're a lifer? Yeah, at one point, they were telling me I was going to get 100 years, which yeah. they would have given to me because I was going to go to trial. My, my co-defendant went to trial, he got 102 years. If you Google his name, 102. Do, do you feel like if you didn't um, repent and get a relationship <clears throat> with God, that you would have got life, that God gave you those 18 years? Yeah, I would. I was too stubborn. I would have died in prison because I wasn't going to stop. Until the, I died in prison, and I, I wouldn't care. I was yeah. like, too, too hard-headed. You got in trouble on there. Yeah. 
things were gonna happen and I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna care and, and God had to humble me <clears throat> and show me that I was guilty towards him because I couldn't see the victims because I said well, what victims these guys are criminals like me there's no victims here <clears throat> second of all let me bring their victims you still playing, you're still <clears throat> having a mindset still right gangster mindset yeah, yeah. No, they're no victims. They're, they're criminals like me. So I tell my children, I'm not going to plead guilty. I'm going to trial. The first two years, I was yeah, arguing and fighting. It's, it's the game we play, right? <clears throat> yeah. So then finally, when I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I told my attorney, I'm guilty, man. I'm going to plead guilty. I'm not going to fight. I'm going to tell the prosecutor and the FBI, I'm, I'm pleading guilty. Two years into it. And I get it because the Holy Spirit did convict me. And I told him, I'm pleading guilty because of God, guys. Not because of you guys. Not because of my attorney, because I don't trust none of you guys. Yeah. But because of God, I'm pleading guilty. And I'm trusting God. And I said at that. And they're like, whoa. They were shocked. So the whole course of my case, they told me, um, they would, I told them I wasn't going to say nothing about nobody. I'm going to take my lumps out of the man. I said, I, I ain't nothing to say about nobody else. I said, that's on them. I pray that they stop and, and repent and stop doing their nonsense. But I said, if I'm going to serve God, I'm not going to serve God as an informer or a snitch, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to serve him the right way, and that way people could either respect me and listen to me, but not because I got out because I snitched. I got out because God got me out. I said, that's how I get out. Yeah. And I'm trusting God for it, and that's what I did. And I took my lumps, pled guilty. They gave me 18 years. Hit the yard. I already been down 18, eight years. So I hit the yard in Arizona. Right away, I'm in the yard and I'm teaching, preaching. I tell the shot callers right in away. In GP too, right? Yeah, general population. I tell the shot callers from the paisas. I'm from Mexico, so yeah. I tell the paisas, hey, so so they have, so they have Jalisco, pero no corro paisa, corro yeah. so Cristiano. I'm, I'm Christian, but but uh, here's why I'm here. This is what I did. This is why I'm here. And I'm being honest with you guys so that way you know I'm, I came to you guys straight up. I didn't lie and BS you guys or, or play games. But I'm real about my walk with God too. As I'm serving God, I'm going to serve God wherever he wants me. If you guys have a problem with me in the yard, you got, we got to talk or resolve it. But I'm not going to be sleeping with one eye open. And I don't want to feel like I have to arm Were myself. Were you like the only ex-cop on the yard? No, there's a lot of ex-cops. A lot of them hide. They don't I, say they're I, cops or they were well, they lie they're scared and I hit them up I said man what are you scared for you want to scared when you're out there cop gang banging <laughs> yeah it is cop gang banging I said, right Get man up I said man have some have some balls man yeah. man up I said you weren't scared before you're gonna be scared so you guys could think you're scared and they're gonna punk you more yeah I'll, you be be a man about it I, I'll hit them up some of them some of them were still banging in there huh we're banging some yeah. other cops yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Because I said, look, man, I would tell them, because some of them go to Bible study. You never me. felt like your life was in jeopardy in there? Like somebody like you busted like some guy or you, you, you know, you, you did a legal search warrant and jacked them and you didn't feel like the word was out on you? Like you don't feel like, I didn't feel like you, even, you, even in the streets now, like, and, and you're back at home, right? Yeah, I'm back at home. But I didn't know, I didn't own nobody. I, I, I legitimately did business legitimately. Yeah. Everything I did, was, everybody knows they have respect for me and, and people left nobody I don't owe nobody nothing I ain't yeah. tell nobody and they don't yeah people took my stuff my money but I let it go yeah. I just left it alone do your time like a man just I just did my time and, and that's it and, and there I knew people from there I knew people from the different carteles. I knew people from everywhere but people respect me they left me alone nobody bothered you me you never ran to somebody that you, that, that you see in the street some gang member hey what's up <laughs> I ran into some people from the 18th street and, and uh, I ran into another guy from different from out yeah, there too it was, but all, it was all good it was all good yeah one time they tried to, one of the guys from AJ tried to tell me to roll out. And I said, man, I'm not going to roll out, bro. Sorry. <laughs> we're going to have problems. Hard-headed, huh? Yeah, I said, man, I, said, I, I love my Bible. I love preaching here, but we're going to have, uh, I said, it's hard. I'm still baby Christian, right? Yeah. And I'm saying, I'm not, I don't think I want to do that. And the Paisas the actually got mad because they were, they wanted to do something to the, and the, and the some of the, most of the Fed yards, there's big numbers on the Paisas. Yeah. Bigger numbers, like 700 Paisas, 50 Sureños. Oh, that it was that, number. Yeah, yeah. number big in in some of the yards, right? And I'm and I told the said, Nah, I don't want problems. I'm I'm being tested by God to humble myself. I'm gonna humble myself. I said I'm not gonna let you guys get into into a situation because of me. Yeah. I said it's a test for me. I said I'm the one that's being humbled. If God letting me go through this, there's a reason for everything. Want to so, get more into um what you're doing right now? I gotta take one quick little commercial break. Okay. But uh, I want to, I want I definitely, I think people want to know what, what you're up to these days that you've been out and how long you've been out for. Okay. But with that being said, we'll be right back. Let me give you some dating advice. Are you looking for a special place for a special person for a special date? Well, take them to Garden Bar and Grill located in La Habra and Pico Rivera. Good food, good service. Be there. Stop. 
start a new business, don't know where to start from, hit up Snap Express. Snap Express has all your promotion needs from stickers to t-shirts, hats, keychains. You want it, they got it. Remember at Snap Express, your business is their business. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man. We are back. We are back. Man, what an interesting interview. This is really good. Got your time. Never rolled it up. So you did 16, 18 years? How long did you end up doing? 16 out of the 18. 16. You did 16 years. Seven in the shoe. And um, and seven in in his shoe, huh? You're out now. I need it that time. Man of God. Yep, man of God. Bible is your weapon now. That's the best weapon I could ever have. What are you doing now that you did all this time and um, and with conviction? You're born again. Um, obviously the the new man beat the old man. Yeah. What are you doing with that? So, while I was in prison, I started uh, like a ministry while I was in there working with a lot of different inmates with different backgrounds. I did counseling. I went to school for a, a trauma, working with people with a lot of unresolved emotional, psychological issues, mm-hmm. addictions. While I was in there, I studied a lot on that, and I worked on. I got the work done on myself by by the Christian psychologist, which I thank God for that because then I started getting delivered and healed from within. Because it was not just me forcing myself to change my habits mm-hmm. and my wording. It was deeper than that. You can't, as hard as you try to change your your, your own issues inside or your behavior, you're going to keep falling back. Because it's inside, your issues are inside you. So I took a lot of classes and started working with a lot of the guys in there to help them get right so when they get home, they could live a productive, healthy healthy life. And I thought, man, this is a blessing because I'm in here, and what I couldn't do as a cop, I couldn't do as anywhere or helping anybody. It, it is, I'm, I'm being used by God in here. And every yard I hit, that's what I would do. I, I hit, my 16 years, I hit um, San Diego two years, San Bernardino five years, um, so Arizona two years, her long two years, Mendoza like a year and a half, Mendoza, and then Texas two years, Colorado like maybe a year and a half, and mm-hmm. then a little bit of Oklahoma. So I did all those yards, and every yard I hit, God used me to start classes, and all that, and I prepared myself so I come home, I could build a ministry out here to work with uh, mm-hmm. not just cops, first responders, but but people that went to prison, people that want to lead the life, the gang lifestyle, that want to work on their life to be productive and mm-hmm. healthy, and, and realize that there's they have a better purpose, you know, in life. Uh, just every background. That's what I'm doing now. I'm, pr- I'm promoting. And I'm also doing my mental health with physical fitness, martial arts, and physical fitness. So I have a, I work at a gym called Elite Pro Boxing in Santa Fe Springs. Mm-hmm. And I do have students there that want mental health help. And then I do the physical fitness with the uh, counseling. But my main purpose is to build a big ministry to work with people with all backgrounds. I do speaking engagements. Like I'm going to go to Vegas in a few days to go speak and, and talk to a bunch of about 200 cops. <laughs> from different countries, not just California, the United States, from mm-hmm. even El Salvador, about mental health, PTSD, yeah. the stress of the job, how it, you turn, how you become a, a different person as a cop. And I, I call it evolution of a cop. That came to my head one day because I was thinking, we don't evolve. We don't evolve from apes to humans. We, we're a human, we're born human. None, none yeah. of that is true. Yeah. But a human being could evolve from his frame of mind, his emotions, psychologically, when he becomes like say say you're a, you're a child and you're you're raised nice for the first few years, and then you start getting abused and beat, mm-hmm. you change. Yeah, you don't be, you're not the real you. And if you're a cop and you start as a good cop, and then stuff you see a, a murder, you see a baby killed, it starts messing with your head. You change, so you start evolving into a different person that you were never supposed to be. Until you don't even recognize yourself in the mirror. You don't even know who you are. And then you yeah. become an addict too as a cop. You're an alcoholic. Then you're beating your wife. People don't understand the human the human side of a cop. A big percentage of um. Of um, domestic violence, there's cops, domestic right? violence. There's a alcoholism. So what I like to do is let people put themselves in the shoes of a, of a gang member, an inmate, a cop, because we all human beings with different issues, but we don't understand each other. So the cop don't understand another guy because even he hasn't walked in his shoes. And I think some cops need to walk in them shoes to see what it's like to be a 
a gang member that was raised in a situation where he was sometimes family was forced into it or it was just a situation yeah. that it happened. His dad was a cop His or dad, something. Yeah. Or you got the the kid that his mom and dad were druggies and now he's a druggie. The cop don't understand that. Yeah. And the other guy don't understand the cop actually wasn't a jackass at first. He actually cares and wants to help but he started turning to nonsense because of whatever happened. And I mean, yeah, I think that there's a lot of cops that are messing up. They need, they need, they need help. But everybody needs help. Yeah. But you have to you have to take the step. So my goal is to push it and, and promote it and awareness. You know, hey, stop faking it. Bottom line, you stop so faking you, it. So you do classes for a cost like with PTSD kind of or yeah. any background and all that? Because yeah. they probably don't realize it, right? What's going on? Like They're still not fully aware of from it. From a little baby cop to uh, just a vicious cop. Yeah, an angry, bitter dude and, and yeah. a jacked up individual. Also military. I, I do veterans too. I counsel oh, veterans. Yeah. Is there any kind of... Um, mental counseling that cops do like that they got to pass like a test kind of every certain amount of years because from you for instance with you um stretch out academy you, you don't want to do the right thing the good thing and you go through these situations and from like the last few years you were a cop like shouldn't there be some kind of mental background thing again some kind of test you're gonna you're gonna lie to the psychologist so you're gonna pass it either way. yeah my second shootout yeah i told my partner look i want to go back to work so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. And he's like, so when they, they, the first shooting, they never sent me to psychologist. So that was on them. They should have because that was the first time. Come on, I just got, I'm a rookie. I just got shot. I shot some dudes and my mind is on some other trip now. Mm -hmm. So that really da damaged me in a different way where it made me more hypervigilance. Now I have more guns. Now I'm going to figure out how to carry a gun different. So if it ever happens, I'm ready. Yeah. Just all kinds of things start happening. And, uh, so if they would have sent me a psychologist, I might have been able to. I was not the kind to kind of guy to talk or open up, yeah. but maybe that moment I would have maybe been able to talk about something, right? Yeah. But I didn't. N nothing happened. No they never sent me to a psychologist. Second shootout, they sent me to one. But I'm already like, me vale madre. I'm, I'm, I want more. So when I talked to a psychologist, I told them what they wanted to hear. I'm, I'm back to working the next day. So was my partner. That's easy, huh? Like that. So you're going to tell them. What could they do, like, as far as from what you've been through and the shootouts, like, what do you think the department could do to prevent that or help out? Is there anything they could do? There is. They should have a program where it's kind of <clears throat> like a like a few, not just one or two days, like a 10-day type thing, a two-week thing where they're just there chilling, talking about what's going on in their head so they could really let it out and then start working on the on the healing process of that trauma because mm -hmm. it still messes with you. You're going to have flashbacks and uh, nightmares. When you go to war, yeah. you go to war and you come back really messed up. They have all these problems for the VA. But even then, they're still walking around wounded. That's the same too. Um, you know, growing up in a gang lifestyle. Same thing. You know, uh, me and my homies could literally do a shoot. I was saying, do a shootout. Do do what we do. Yeah. And, what, and then um, you get accustomed to it almost. Same thing. And then we'll go have a beer. Oh yeah, you see that? You know, yeah. whatever we see. Oh yeah, I mean, that fool's dead or whatever yeah. it is. You know, and we have a beer. But it was never a time where I felt like. I could vent to my homie like, bro, I, you can't. I can't sleep at night time because you're going to be a little bitch. Yeah, you can't Shut do up. that. You, you, no, cops so, can't either. So, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. So cops can't even do that either, right? It's a macho thing. It's, it's a macho stigma. Until you do have that PTSD because people don't understand that gang members have PTSD like a lot. A lot. A lot of the guys in prison would tell me, hey, Ruben, I got PTSD too. Some guys from a different neighborhood. So what do you want to do about it? You want to get help or you don't want to get help? It's up yeah. to you. Because you can stay in that lifestyle and you're going to have to stay. That's something hard to admit. It's way, way hard to admit. Yeah. The hardest thing is to admit that when somebody does admit it, that takes a lot more courage to admit, hey, you know what? I'm jacked up. Why does everybody self-medicate? Why does everybody do either mm -hmm. carga, coke, smoke? Every neighborhood, every guy, most of them are always using yeah. dope. Why? I, They're self-medicating. Exactly. It's like, I have homies that, to this day, just nightmares, bro. Yeah. Nightmares. And, they, and you know, don't tell me, yeah, because we're older now. Like, fuck, fuck, clean cold sweats yeah. all that stuff because they can't deal and the thing is when you're younger and you know you're in a gang environment like my neighborhood we smoked a lot of sherm pcp mm. angel dust that was yeah. a 90s thing you know yeah, 90s. so we used to fuck with that a lot so a lot of time we're drinking partying we're just yeah. doing drugs meth whatever it is and we would do these things you know not sober we're on drugs or oh, whatever yeah, so then when you when you get away from it and you stop doing this dope, you're sober-minded now. And you got to, eventually, you're going to have to deal with this stuff. You got to face it. It could be 20 years later. You're going to deal with this, with, with this stuff. And 
A lot of people don't realize it because all the stuff you're doing on dope, when you when you do get sobered up, bro, you got to go through it. Yeah, they're gonna face the reality. They're gonna it's gonna sting. It's gonna sting a lot. Yeah. So um, what you do right now? I mean, it's it's caused with PTSD, but it's also like you also mess with gang members that want help as yeah. well, right? There's nobody anybody that needs help. I work much. with I work with people in Victory Outreach churches. All these churches really? I work with ex gang members. Yeah. At the Victory Homes, um, other churches too. I'm I'm open. I get invited to to share or yeah. to deal with one on ones or groups. Because I, uh, I'm I got the training. Why am I gonna not? You know. Yeah, I went my to purpose. I went to uh, Victory Outreach with my brother. He's from my neighborhood too. It was like two weeks ago. But my brother's like a pastor now, you know. And we went to this. Um, it was really cool. It was right there in um, I want to say Santa Fe, Santa okay. Fe Springs. Yeah. And I seen um, I, I was never big into Victory Outreach. I right. just feel like. Homies do bragamonies kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, you know. What I'm yeah, saying. we gotta talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, dog. You know, you know. So, I feel like all right. I, I saw. I never done. I, I never. I never. It's, it's not my cup of tea. I would right. say. You know. And we went, and um, it was just something about it was so powerful to see right. all these homies like just. And it was just. It was a men's breakfast. Oh yeah, I've been to those. And before. it was something that was just powerful to see a bunch of grown men, homies from different hoods, getting along, worshiping, praising God. And I was like, man, this is. This is nice. Like, it is it was good. Um, they did have a preacher up there who was just like, man, dude, Tyler's raw going to hell. Like, hey, kick him, my boy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he just maybe we made my whole Sunday kind of messed up. Like, so this, this every church has a like. I think it's a, it's a like you go to elementary and then you go to the next grade. Mm -hmm. So certain churches will be used by God to get you started, and then mm -hmm. you have to follow your journey because yeah. You, you might still not get the full healing deliverance from certain churches because they yeah. don't have all the tools, but you got to seek it on your own because yeah. I worked there for a while and then I, I left to a different church because <clears throat> the programs are good to start, but then you have to go deeper. Yeah. You really have to go deeper into your inner healing. And a lot of these churches aren't fully pushing that because they don't have the training. Yeah, a lot, I, I was going to Greg Laurie's church in Harvest and Riverside. Oh, yeah, I know that church but too. But it's a... Uh, um, Cause I started at Hillsong in LA. The okay. Hillsong got yeah. you know documentary about them. It yeah. kind of went this way, and I was really cool with the Houston's. They're my friends. Right. Like you know, I'm really cool, and they're not even part of the church anymore. They got kicked out for mm. obvious reasons. Right. And I started going to Har. I was church hopping. I went to yeah. um, Harvest. Greg Laurie seen the movie. Yeah, that's a good. Movie. Yeah. But then um, it's a baby church. It's, it's a baby. great. Worship's yeah, it great. It's a it's a it's a, it's, it's, um, it's a concert. Elementary. It's, it's it's yeah, and they don't even believe in the gift of tongues. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I go okay. It's a good baby church, but my if you go to my brother's church called Refuge in Rancho, All you right. walk in, you got about two hundred people just in tongues worshiping like, and praying in and tongues, it's yeah. deep something with the horn burn like it's just a yeah. whole thing and they're praying demons I'm out of people deliverance and healing i'm uh -huh. about all that so I, I was taught i took some people there for the first time and it was too hardcore for them like <laughs> what is going on people shaking on the floor oh, yeah. you know you, you know what i'm talking yeah, about yeah, you know where, like where am i at I go, maybe you should go to harvest first yeah. <laughs> before you come here maybe step yeah i think religion is a baby step kind of deal yeah. right yeah. It's, it's a growing thing and you know i think i think this one was too like Refuge That's, is hardcore. The food, the, the nourishment, you can't have that nourishment. Your baby, you have to drink that milk. Yeah. Yeah, the carne asada is not ready for your baby. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything you want to um, um, say, promote um, your classes or anything before we get off? I'm th Once again, thanks for coming on. It was a, it was a, I know you could be here all day talking, bro, because your story, your story, you have stories. You have chapters and chapters and chapters, bro. Um, anything you want you want to finish off with? Just want to promote the the saving grace that Jesus has for all of us. You know, we can't do it without him. We can't be here without him. And it's not because we did something good to, to receive it, but when he calls you, don't turn away from it because you might that might be your last chance. Man. I got stopped on time. I got arrested on time. God's timing was perfect. I was not going to stop until I got into a big-ass shootout and that was over. Yeah. So <clears throat> my main thing is just uh, pick up that Bible, talk to God, pray. The word, the word of God is real. It's, he's living, in, and I'm, we're proof. We're proof that he's real and alive. And, and um, uh, no matter what people say, <clears throat> pick up that and get that experience on your own. And, yeah, uh, mental health, uh, you know, I'm available for mental health counseling for addictions. I went to school for that. Um, I'm still finishing school right now. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I do martial arts. I teach boxing, kickboxing, nice. jiu-jitsu in Santa Fe Springs and yeah. elite pro boxing. Uh, you guys could connect. My, son, my son's 13s in boxing right now. He actually has, he has that shirt, I think, the Butaso shirt. Oh, yeah, my yeah, buddy. That's my it. buddy's shirt. It's oh, a, is it? It's his a, brand? Yeah, it's his brand. He's a veteran, a record veteran. Okay. So his dad is a Vietnam veteran. His grandfather was a yeah. World War II veteran. Yeah, I bought my exact same color, Butaso. Yeah. He's a boxer. Um, Real fast. 
for baby Christians, somebody just wants to pick. We have a lot of you know followers, ex gangs or gang members now or whatever. We have just different people yeah. that listen to this podcast. Is there any way you would tell them to how to start a relationship with God? Like, there's not there's no special prayer or anything, right? You just gotta be real with Him, open up and open up your heart to Him, and then He does the rest. He's gonna meet you where you're at, and just start reading Scripture. Even if you don't, you're not gonna understand it anyways right away. It's gonna take time, but just read the the book of Matthew, Luke, John, just to start getting to know Jesus. Read the gospel first. Yeah, read right? the gospel first because you'll know Jesus. It won't confuse you. Take your time. Just read it and pray. And then little by little, you'll start growing because that's how I started. When I was in prison, I started little mm-hmm. by little and then I started seeking help from, from books, pastors. Yeah. But he met me there and he started helping me grow. But I did my part so I could grow because anything's about growing. Even if you if you want to lift weights or box, you have to take the baby steps of fundamentals. Absolutely. In the scriptures, you want to grow... The Bible says to read the word and just like it's baby milk. Drink that baby milk little by little and your faith is start growing. It takes yeah. it. Don't and don't give up on, on anything because it's a process. Yeah. There's nothing you guys done that God can't forgive you. That will, I don't care that's what a fact. You, that's a fact. Look at this guy right here. 100% guys. Uh, proven proven fact that he'll forgive you. Yeah. Ruben, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having uh, me. I'm glad you're doing God's work now. Like if you were told me like. 10 years ago or whatever I'm gonna sit across from this guy but I know I'm not dude. I'm gonna sit across from this guy right hey, here and we would laugh in prison about that cause I'm doing Bible studies and everybody yeah. around me is from either different hoods gangs yeah. uh, different neighborhoods uh, and we're all laughing blacks white we're all laughing yeah. I go who would thought that guys that I'd be I, giving the Bible class to a bunch of all oh, you dirtbag you yeah. joke we both you joke like even that even when I interviewed Tillman I go dude you can yeah. that's the power show. of God get a cup on my show but he's a Christian man bro yeah. he's a he's a um, matter of fact, real fast, I was, I was um, golfing the other day, and this guy, a Mexican dude, I'm gonna throw his name out there, but he's San Bernardino DA, hmm. and I just he, but I was talking to him real fast and whatever, because um, I went golfing, they partnered with this dude, yeah, and he said he's running, he's gonna run for um to be a judge in San Bernardino County, wow. and we're talking, I go, hey bro, like how do you um, did you go by you know I told you you go by numbers or what like you're, he goes but I don't do that he's all before any sentence I go back in my chambers and I pray to God I, I ask God to sentence him not me he goes, I don't sentence him God does I ask for him to do that for me I go what a good Christian like, that's good. I, I wouldn't like the DA like the DA what do you know what I mean like yeah but God like puts people in my life for a reason and he put this this DA in my life and it was just a great conversation with this with, with this guy, man. Like, wow, man. Like, I, I like I want him. We need more leaders, honestly. And I want him to be the judge. I hope, I hope he gets voted on to be a judge because we, we need people like that, a, a man of God to be a judge. We need godly cops, godly judges, godly teachers. Everything. We need godly everything. Everything, man. For sure. Thanks for coming out, Ruben. And we Thanks. are out.